Hi, I'm Britt Vasacek. I'm the host of Poly You Wanna Podcast. I'm not a professional counselor, nor am I a professional polyamorous person. Poly Wanna Podcast is a collection of stories, opinions, and perspectives about the polyamorous lifestyle. The voices you hear, including the host, offer their subjective interpretations and don't intend to convince you or shame you. We're just letting you into our vulnerable and complicated little worlds. Brought to you by the Mockingbird Network. Hi, I'm your host, Britt Vasacek. Thank you for listening to Polywana Podcast. I'm here with my guest, Jonathan Walker. Say hi. Hello there. Jonathan Walker is a life coach and the facilitator of a polyamorous support group here in Houston. Uh, and he's kind of an expert, at least in my life, of uh, polyamory and life. I certainly fake it really well, or I certainly talk about it a lot. So Yeah, the more you talk about something, the more people think you're an expert on it, for exactly. sure. Mm-hmm. Uh, today we're going to talk about, uh, we're going to touch on this Poly 101 series, a lot of things that uh, monogamous people or underinformed people or misinformed people ask us. Uh, and one of the most common questions is, don't you get jealous? dun da da Yeah, no, easily the single most common and or first question I ever get from anybody is what, how, how do you not, how do you not get jealous? How do you deal with jealousy? Um, so yeah, I think, I think we can definitely, definitely take up some time talking about that today. Um, so what is jealousy? I think that's like the first question is like, yeah, we know we get jealous, but what is it in your heart? What's jealousy for you, Jonathan? For me, well, that's mm-hmm. that's a big question. So, so you're 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 touching on a really important point, and that I would I would start off by saying that jealousy is a really broad term that actually has to do with a lot of different emotions that are widely different from person to person. If we're talking about jealousy, we're talking about insecurities, we're talking about fears, we're talking about uh, past relationships coming up, any number of different things. So, so first of all, we should acknowledge that jealousy is actually completely different from person to person. And what you call jealousy, I might call something completely different. Um, so that being, that doesn't really answer the question though, right? How do we deal with jealousy? Um, for me, there are a lot of different ways to do that. Uh, the most significant and the first step in that way is, uh, identifying the things that trigger jealousy for you. So what is it about your relationships or your interactions with partners that inspire jealousy. Um, so for me, that would be feeling like I'm missing out on something or FOMO. Yeah. Ah, the fear of missing out. FOMO is huge. Yeah. Fear of missing out actually is probably confused for jealousy a lot. I find, especially in myself. And I find that with a lot of people that are already deeply polyamorous they don't really feel like, oh, that person's better than me. And it does, it's not from a place of insecurity. It's from a place of like, man, I wish I were doing this thing with that person, uh, which is like, you know, beautiful and cute, just like jealousy in its own way. Like this kind of, you know, I want to share everything with this person. Um, but that can lead to a lot of, you know, toxic feelings and it can be expressed poorly, just like jealousy can. Absolutely. Absolutely. So everyone has different triggers. And, and you're right, FOMO common commonly you know referred to or as as overlapping with jealousy but so step one would be figuring out the things that trigger your jealousy like the specific things that cause jealousy within you and then the second part of that would be identifying the internal processes and kind of matching that against your past experience so what triggers jealousy for you what you triggers it yeah uh, for you specifically uh 
I have some pretty significant abandonment issues. So like anytime I feel ignored, anytime I feel like somebody's not paying attention to me, that triggers a huge cascade of negative emotion that I have to deal with. Wow. Oh yeah. We're learning a lot. Yeah. No. So, so let, let's, let's do a little bit of backtrack here, first of all, and acknowledge mine, that. Mine is just when people, when it's like, is that bitch skinnier than me? Because yeah. like we're about to fight if that bitch is skinnier than me. No, I'm kidding. That's not true. No, but I mean, I think that actually the first step here is to answer that question. So the original question was, don't you get jealous? Absolutely. Everybody mm-hmm. gets jealous. Everybody experiences jealousy. So it's not a question of eventually overcoming it or never feeling it. It's taking the necessary steps to deal with it. If you don't want to be jealous, then why do you kind of accept that as the status quo, that I'm just going to feel this way forever and I'm never going to grow beyond it? Yeah, I find that a lot when I talk to uh, monogamous people, that they they have never once thought about why they get jealous. You know, they never looked inside to be like, you know, there's a reason that I feel this way, other than there's like the societal standard that it's like two people and you own that person and they do what's expected of them, you know. Um, but a lot of times, you know, and it's hard to bring this up to people that are monogamous, that jealousy comes from a place of insecurity of something you feel like you lack or that your relationship is lacking. Um, cause try to tell that to someone you're trying to date. Like <laughs> the reason you feel jealous is because you feel insecure. So let's find out why. And they're like, no, 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 no. I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> people and, and no, absolutely. Um, if, if we can accept that people can come overcome alcoholism, or, or addictions to opiates, you should be able to overcome jealousy. Like it's not, it, it, it's, it's tantamount to the same thing, right? You're addicted to a particular set of reactions to particular situations. Mm-hmm. Um, you should be able to overcome that. Anybody should. And, and so for me, answering that question is simply, I've, I've identified the things that make me jealous. And I think oftentimes, especially in monogamous relationships, it's this misplaced sense of ownership the idea that you own your partner and and that their behavior is somehow I don't know tied to your happiness in this weird um, <laughs> I'm 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 painting in broad strokes here obviously mm-hmm. not everyone would admit that but but honestly like we refer to them as that's my man that's my girl mm-hmm. don't don't talk to them that's my bitch that's my pimp right yeah yes. all the time exactly <laughs> um, so whatever it is for you I mean and that's that's the big thing. Like identifying the things that make you tick. Mm -hmm. And even monogamous people, when they ask me, like, don't you get jealous? They're speaking about like in the context of my relationship, like when I'm with a partner and they're out with another person, do I feel uh, jealous? And they are in a monogamous relationship and they see their partner talking to another person at the bar and they feel jealous. Of course I feel jealous. You're not even engaging in a more and like they're not even engaging with a deep connection with that person they're talking to at a bar and you already have that kind of like oof like you feel that jealous feeling in the pit of your stomach of course if my if my partner brings a girl home I'm like oof like that's my first you know reaction not so much for me obviously because I'm like woo love everybody free love but you know just like in the standard kind of like physical way that's your that's your knee-jerk reaction um and I think the coping mechanisms are almost automatic for me now because I don't really feel that jealous unless it's FOMO well, and, and we, not only that, but we kind of anticipate that behavior from other people. Like, I remember the, the first poly date that I went on, like the actual first polyamorous date that I went on, I went out and met 
a married woman for drinks at a bar, and her husband was also there. And mm-hmm. so it was like the three of us hanging out with a group of other people. That was, that was your first polyamorous like dating no, experience? No, I mean, like I had been on dates with her before, but oh. that was the first time it was in a poly context. So it was like me and her and her husband and a bunch of other people. Okay. And so she went to hold my hand in front of her husband, and it freaked me out. I was like... Is he gonna? Is he gonna like come swinging at me? Is this okay? Is it like? Oh my gosh, that's like, so I, funny. I anticipated this antagonism from this guy, and that's and that's the kind of boxes we paint ourselves in. That that's how people are supposed to react to signs of affection when you own another person. Like mm-hmm. that's their person. You don't do that to them. So we do it to ourselves too. We anticipate jealousy from other people when it might not necessarily be there. Um, and. All of this falls under the umbrella of social conditioning, right? We've all been conditioned to believe this is the way we're supposed to act. We all got the chips in our brains that have been programmed by Google. That, no, but I mean, kind of. We all do. Yeah, right. Well, I'm actually wondering while you're saying this about like the hand at the dinner, I wonder if, and this is not a question that we can answer, if it's like a genetic kind of, if, and this is like the age old question, is it genetic or social? But, like, is it genetic, like, that's my person that I mate with? Or is it, like, left over from, like, we still we still are so conditioned to believe that, like, marriage is a, you know, trade your goats for a girl type of situation? Like, what if we just, like, have these property laws, like, so deeply ingrained in our society? Like, because a lot of people think, like, oh, that's the way it's supposed to be. But, like, how far back was it? You know what I mean? Like, in a harem where people, like, how are we going to cope with this jealousy? You know what I mean? Like, I know we're all fucking, and it's all great. But I don't I don't know when that happened or when it started. I, I would say it's equal parts. Like, I would say that you can be gay because you were born gay or because... Or, or rather, you can you can be straight because you were born straight, or because you were sexually traumatized as a child and then conditioned to mm-hmm. never be gay ever again. Mm-hmm. Um, and in the same way, I feel like poly can be attributed either to your natural inclination, like naturally I'm okay with loving more than one person, or you can kind of learn how to accept it over time. Mm-hmm. If you really love somebody that's poly and you want to make that work, maybe you'll stretch yourself and grow yourself into that new model of relationship. Or what I see a lot are people, not even like for a person, but like they see the like economical and like the logical reasons that like having a mult, like a polycule, which is like a bunch of different people that you love and that you may or may not live with or fuck with. Like having that polycule is like so um, effective, like for society and like dear god yes you know what i mean like this kind of like this is the most logical way to live and so i'm gonna make that happen and so they kind of like for the greater good of their of their (laughs) species and their seed you know they're like i'm gonna get over jealousy so i can like have the best household that i can that's the hottest for me my my household within the next three months is going to be three 25 to 35 year old adults with no kids living in the same two bedroom we're going to be, it's, it's going to be the most affordable thing. It's going to be amazing. So talk like, about jealousy. You live, you're about to cohabitate with not only your primary partner, but their sick. I don't know what your hierarchy is. We're, we don't, we we're don't kind of a anarchist polycule. We don't prefer primary or secondary. I mean, we, we kind of take relationships as they come, but that's, that's tangential. But, um, in any case, uh, yeah, I'm, it's, it's me. And if you want to, if you wanted to say it that way, me and my primary partner and her other primary partner. So co-primaries and like, yeah, it's going to be a wild ride. I'm really excited for it. That's honestly. amazing. Yeah. That's something that I don't come into contact a lot. I mean, honestly, I don't come into cohabitation a lot 
unless they're married and they were married first and now they're trying or not trying polyamory, but then they came to be polyamorous, you know? Interesting. So within the context of overcoming jealousy in that situation, it really helps that that other guy is fucking awesome mm-hmm. and I really care for him. I've met him. He's great. Yeah. As a, as a human being, like I've, I, there are very few people that I respect as much as I respect him. And so that really helps. And knowing that he takes care of, of my partner when I'm not there, um, mm-hmm. that, that goes a long way. Like if I didn't care for him, I would probably be more inclined to jealousy or at least, you know, being irritated. Uh, but the fact that I really like him, really helps mitigate any potential jealousy that I might feel in the situation. What was it like at first? What was the evolution of kind of coming to care for him? That's a good question. There hasn't been a, there was never a time that I didn't like him. Honestly, like he's, he's always been a really decent, respectful guy. It was a really gradual transition. Like we didn't, we didn't just meet yesterday and we're moving in together. I've known him for over a year now. They've been dating for over a year now. And it was honestly just the first couple of months were just, they were dating and, you know, I was, when, when, when your when your partner goes out and starts dating somebody new, you're kind of, you're, you're prepared to catch them if they fall. You're kind of ready to, to minimize the damage if it doesn't work out. But so, so after the first couple of months of me being really tentative and, and kind of wary, uh, I, I was able to relax because it seemed to be working out and they got along really well. And then I met him and I got along with him really well. So it just, it was really seamless. It's, it's not a a uh, strong indicator of how it typically goes. Um, there's usually some kind of friction, but there just never was with us. So that's I'm, so romantic. I'm very fortunate. That's a polyamorous love story right there. It really is. Yeah. I um, yeah, I totally get that. I mean, I could never. I don't know. I always say I could never. You always say that. I always say or, I or could never. Or people say that. People yeah. say I could I, I could never. Yeah. So like when we're saying like jealousy, like I could never. That's true. I some what if and that's I mean that's like a personal like threshold for me is cohabitating. Uh what if like that's one of those things that I can overcome like jealousy? I'm always like, no, 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 no. And I just stop it in its tracks. But I guess everything, any level of intimacy and trust that you have with people, and I think jealousy a lot comes um, to the background when you trust someone because there I a lot of the monogamous people that have kind of turned polyamorous through our relationship uh, a lot of it is the like I'm afraid you're going to leave me for this person like I know I'm your primary now but what if you meet someone better and then I get kicked to the curb and that's really them just not trusting that I'm really polyamorous that's them thinking that I'm just bouncing from person to person or that they're not good enough uh, and it's hard to like lick the wounds of a person that's like so far ingrained in the in the culture and the ideal that everyone is going to find that one perfect person for them, which I don't believe exists, but most people do believe that exists. And so it's hard to take that out of their brain. Like, I don't know where that chip is. I don't know where Google put that. <laughs> Sorry. No, that's okay. I don't think I have permission from uh, your, Google your Inc. corporate overlords. To, yeah. <laughs> oh, to use. Oh, yeah, that's true. Google trademark. I um, know. Yeah. I should send them an email or something. Please talk to me and sponsor me. Google. Oh my god! If yeah, I were the first they, podcast, they totally to need sponsor? you to advertise them. That's mm-hmm. that's how that relationship. The would chip work. in the head, probably. I mean, that's the hard to me. That's the that's the part of Google that like needs the most advertising, and they got to start at like the grassroots podcast level, you know. So let's let's get a little bit meta here. Let's, okay, let's let's just stop talking about no, chips no, no, in no, our no, head no. for it. Well, Chill well, I mean, that out. that too, but also like let's let's go back. 
let's go backtrack just a little bit because I'm going to challenge you a little bit here. What would it look like to you for you to overcome your jealousy and be able to cohabitate with with maybe you with multiple partners with multiple partners? What would so just just for the sake of our listeners, like what would that look like for you? Ah. Uh. I know, like I know, you know what I mean. Like I have to, like I'm like a crab coming out of my shell right now. For the listeners at home, like it's like cracking open. You see Zoidberg come out; it's disgusting. I um, I guess ideally I would have like partners that I cohabitated with, and then another partner that I could go stay with uh-huh. nights, mm-hmm. but like a lot. So like three nights a week, I'm over at this partner's house, and then the other nights I'm with this like polycule that I live with okay, so that they can kind of, you know, do their, cause I don't want to feel, I'm not a very like domestic person. And I guess in this imaginary world, like these people are like good at living together and I yeah. have to like sit there and not be good at that. Maybe I would get good at it. I don't know who are the people I'm going to fall in love with. Are you listening? You know, like to my future husbands. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I'm not, I'm certainly not saying that that's like going to happen for you. Mm-hmm. That might just be a preference that you never that that it never yeah. it never happens for you. But what I heard there was that you would need a safe space mm-hmm. that you could go to and escape to, and that's perfectly fine. Yeah, just like a bathtub. Honestly, if I had like another house that just had a bathtub in it, that could be that partner for me. It wouldn't have to have a person in it. It would just be like this like symbol of escape. And I drop a bath bomb in, and I'm like good, you know. So. so what that just reminded me of was when my partner, uh, my partner isn't with me half the time. So when you're talking about safe spaces and having places to escape to, um, she's with her other partner half the time. Yeah. So half the time I have a completely empty apartment with me and my cats. That's what I would need. And that's like, it's the best thing. Uh I'm a very alone time kind of person too. Mm -hmm. I can't imagine a house full of people. What are you going to do? Oh, I I have no idea. Bathtub, baby. I guess so. Yeah. Bathtub. It's going to be interesting. I'm not. I'm not saying there won't be conflict, but mm-hmm. I I we we love each other very much. Well, so. it's just like a couple moving in together. Yeah. Really, if you think about not like in practice, but in all the steps that you have to take and the precautions and the fights you're expecting, like all of those are the same. You just like throw in an extra person, you know. Pretty much. And there's more people to support you through it. You know, at least one more person than in a regular couple. <laughs> right. So in that case, it's going to be like two people, two people to cook, more people to clean, more people to take care of the apartment. Mm-hmm. There will be pros and cons, I think. Yeah. But, um, yeah, we kind of got off the track of jealousy a little bit, didn't we? Well, I think that we're addressing something interesting that like eventually, I mean, like you, did you start out as a jealous person or no? I wouldn't call it jealousy. I used to be angry. I used to be a really angry person, but okay. I've been poly air quotes since I was very young. I just didn't mm-hmm. have a name for it. I was never the one to be like jealous of a lover. Mm-hmm. Um, so no, I don't think so. I'm kind of a bad example for that. Yeah. That's sometimes how I feel when I'm trying to give people advice about jealousy and like compersion, which is, if you guys don't know what compersion is, compersion is when you take joy in your partner's romantic joy. So like if my partner came home and was like, yeah, I just fucked this bitch. Let me tell you about it. And I'd be like, oh my gosh, I'm so happy. Let's have dinner with her. Um, that would be compersion. And whereas jealousy is more like, hey, I fuck this bitch. And I'm like, okay, that's fine. I'm going to go cry in a bathtub now. Um, so conversion is just like being happy rather than sad <laughs> that your partner is getting all the love and attention they need. Um, what was I talking about? 
you were about <laughs> to talk about how those two things that you just mentioned aren't mutually exclusive and that it's totally normal to be jealous and, and happy. Conclusion. And yeah, exactly. And to be ha- you can be happy for your partner at the same time as you're dealing with your own shit. Like that's those are those are two completely separate things. Um, and so acknowledging that is also a key in helping you quote unquote overcome jealousy is realizing that you can still deal with your own stuff and let your partner be your own person. Those things are not mutually exclusive. You can do both at the same time. Mm-hmm. Just like when, like if your partner is unemployed and you get a promotion, it's like, ah, like I'm really glad you got a promotion, but I'm broke as fuck, you know? So it's like that kind of, it's the, I mean, I think there are a lot of real life metaphors in real life couples that kind of can translate to polyamory. Um, cause it's easy. Like if you just, you just like take a step back and you take a deep breath at the end of the day, it's just like you look inside yourself, you do like some mental yoga, right? You're a life coach. You could probably like take steps, right? Yeah. Like yeah. tell, tell me your goals for your jealousy. That's my Johnny Walker impression. Right. Oh, it's more like, tell, tell, tell me your goal. Tell me your goals for your jealousy. How would you like to just, what does your jealousy look like when it's gone? And then how are we going to get there? That's my Jonathan Walker. Impression. I'm really unhappy about that impression, <laughs> but okay. Um, I'm doing my best. <laughs> No, I would. I would ask, uh, how can you better express your jealousy until you learn to overcome it? Express it. Yeah. Communicate it. And that's something we do need to talk about is when you're jealous, it's better to tell your partner how you're feeling. Oh, yeah. Oh, absolutely. I know to us, it seems like it goes without saying, like, when you're jealous, tell your partner. But like, if you hold that shit in, it's going to become resentment, which is really a symptom of jealousy. But we look at people being jealous like when you see someone like beating up another guy at a bar that's the resentment that's a symptom of jealousy that's not the jealousy itself and that's from not communicating jealousy you know right and and so part of part of communicating that thing would be um establishing a boundary to avoid that trigger so for example if you notice you get jealous when your partner has sex with somebody else and then tells you about it so option a is hey i get really jealous when you tell me about having sex with somebody else so i'm going to need you to never have sex with anyone else ever again versus option b which is hey i notice i get really jealous when you talk to me about having sex with other people could we just not talk about that until i learn how to deal with with the way that I react to that. And you notice the two the difference there is in one instance you're controlling your partner and you're exhibiting ownership qualities over them mm-hmm. whereas in the other you're acknowledging your own shit and dealing with it. That's that's probably the key difference and the only way that poly works is if you own your own shit and you deal with it and you let your other partner be their own human being and do do what makes them happy. That's what the the whole point of this is. Mm-hmm. Do what makes them happy. Yeah, yep. I totally agree. Is that a common one? You run the support group. Is it the sex? The hearing about sex? Oh man, it's it's it is every different thing that you could imagine for different people. Mm-hmm. Um, it could be not getting a good morning text when they spend the night somewhere else. It 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 could be going to see that movie that they really wanted to see because we always go see movies on opening night, whatever it's it, it whatever your thing is. Um, mm-hmm. It's all about, yeah, it's communicating it. And if you're on the receiving end of that and you're dealing with a jealous partner, being willing to compromise, willing to say, yeah, I'm okay with not telling you about having sex. I'm okay with waiting to see a movie with you, or maybe we could all three go together, you know, and spend time together as a polycule, like coming up with, creative ways to compromise in situations like that. But 
Yeah, I I would say that one is pretty common actually for new for new poly couples mm-hmm. that he- are just starting out hearing about sex. Yeah. Yeah, that's a problem for me because I love talking about and hearing about the sex of my partners, you mm-hmm. know? And that man, and I have that problem where I try to convert mono guys. It's like <laughs> I'll be with a mono guy and I'm like, "Oh, I really want to tell you about this dope ass sex I'm having." Um, and they don't want to talk about their sex either because they feel like it's going to hurt my feelings. And I'm like, tell me the details, motherfucker. They don't listen. Um, but they also, a lot of the times will ask me, um, about like, I don't want you to tell other people how big my dick is. Like if you could not, and like that to me, seems like such an arbitrary part of the whole sexual experience. But that's like the number one thing that guys always say is like, I don't want you, I'm like worried about you comparing my dick to other dicks. And it's like it. You're worried about that in the context of polyamory. Like, if you're worried about that, then chicks are already doing that. I hate to break it to you, but as soon as she bails, she's telling all her friends. I'm not that kind of person. I only tell my sexual partners. No, I don't really talk about dicks. I, I will say, just just for the sake of fairness, I don't I don't really judge if if you're if you're taking the time to communicate to your partner and say it makes me uncomfortable when X, then I'm going to give it due consideration, no matter how no matter what it may appear to be to me yeah, or, even or if how I like, interpret it, even mm-hmm. if it is something that I, I normally wouldn't consider. If my partner takes the time and has the courage to say, hey, X, Y, and Z, not so much. Could we, I'm, I'm at least going to like, okay, let me consider that. And even if my answer is, hell no, I'm not doing that. Huh. Uh, I will still, you know, do the due diligence of considering it because it takes some balls to, to say, or I'm sorry, that's, it takes... Some genitals? Some genitals. Or it, lack thereof. It takes some internal or external genitals to go to your partner and say, hey, mm-hmm. this thing. And I'll be like, okay. Well, that's my favorite part of the of the communication of jealousy. And I know I shouldn't think that it's fun for people to be jealous. But when I'm told something, like I get to ask why. And to me, like you, and you delve so much deeper into someone's personality and into what they've been through. You get to know a so much about a person and in polyamory that's like immediate you know like that's one of the first things you cover is like what are some of your boundaries what makes you feel insecure and you get to like develop this relationship in such a short amount of time with such a wealth of information about this person and now not only do you know how to better react to them and what boundaries to not cross with them but you also know how to love them better and that comes from them just saying hey this is how i feel and then you're like why do i feel that way and you fix it together and uh, not that monogamy sucks, but you don't really get that opportunity, you know, to talk about it as much because you don't have to. It's not expected. Sure. So don't you get jealous? Yeah, but it's yeah. OK. <laughs> yeah, but it's OK. There are there are ways to there's there are ways to deal with it. Yeah. Thank you I'll guys. Thank you guys so much for listening to Polywana podcast. Thank you, Jonathan Walker. Thank you so much. You are absolutely welcome. Thank you for having me. Uh, We're out every week, and you can listen to us and the other podcasts on the Mockingbird Network. Special thanks to them, and special thanks to the Houston Polyamorous Organization. Uh, Go to HoustonPoly.com or .org, uh, and Jonathan and I write for the website, so you can read some of the stuff that you heard. A lot less profanity uh, on that resource, (laughs) so you can check them out. And HPO is really cool. They do a lot of fun events, so go to HoustonPoly.org because they're the best sponsors in the world. All right, guys. I love you. Bye. I'm Britt Vasacek with Polywana Podcast. 
Are you interested in polyamory? Do you even know what polyamory is? You can tune in to Polywanna Podcast. We interview comedians, counselors, and regular people to get a peek inside of the world of open relationships and ethical non-monogamy. I'm really fascinated by the conversations that I have with these people, and I'm really excited to share those conversations with you. You can find Polywanna Podcast at bulletbrit.com or at the Mockingbird Network. Mocking Bird Network.